McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brobble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be talking about Dennis Prager and Jordan Peterson, two big shots in Conservative Inc. and how they tackle the issue of lust. And as it relates to pornography, as it relates to adultery, and we're going to be talking about how these two men uh, specifically try to contort scripture. And, you know, they, they don't take a orthodox position on this issue. They take a pretty liberal uh, position on this issue, one that justifies sin, one that justifies wickedness. And I'm not about that. I, I just am not about that. So we're going to be talking about that in today's video. But first... Don't forget to like the video. Also, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. And we have a free newsletter. And we also have a Patreon-like system that you can go to support us. De definitely sign up for the newsletter. That's how you know and get updates on you know things like being suspended from YouTube. So you definitely want to do that. That's all linked in the description below. Uh, let's, we're going to talk about this video here. It's part of Jordan Peterson's Exodus series. I find it pretty ironic, but not really ironic, but very much, uh, it, it's kind of a signal in your face when, you know, that he has 6.66 million subscribers, uh, on YouTube and Jordan Peterson is not a Christian. And that's according to his daughter who says that he wavers on the issue and stuff like that. So we did a live stream on Michaela Peterson, who, I also don't think makes a credible profession of faith. She seems very apathetic to learning about Christianity, to learning about theology, to attending church. And we talked about that in a live stream. I was just kind of surprised about how apathetic she is. And then she says that her father, Jordan Peterson, isn't, uh, you know, he, he is not a believer, which there's a lot of conflicting reports on that. But the daughter's words were from this year. So... Uh, here we go. We're going to play this video, Is Lust Adultery? And this is a clip from the biblical series on Exodus, which I think is the whole clip is behind a paywall because the Daily Wire is very much uh, not New Testament, if you catch my drift. I am less interested in the interior person, morally speaking, than you are. Than, and uh, probably any of you are. And it's largely, I do believe, because I come from a behaviorist, law-based religion. We care how you act. That's why we don't have a claim that if you look at another woman with lust, it's as if you've committed adultery with her. I, I am, as I said yesterday, I, I thank God for America's Christians. And uh, Maimonides said, if it weren't for Christians, the world wouldn't know about the Torah. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm a big Christian fan, but obviously Christianity and Judaism are not identical religions. Uh, and, and we have no equivalent that if you look upon another woman with lust, it's as if you have committed adultery with your heart. There's only one way to commit adultery in Judaism, and it's with a different organ. And I'm not being cute. I'm, I'm being very realistic. Uh, looking with lust is not a sin in Judaism. What's the, the, stance, on porno what's the stance on pornography? So uh, there's a lot of things that 
Dennis Prager said was true, and I mean that by accent. He is right that Christianity and Judaism are not identical religions. I would even go a step further and say Christianity and modern-day Talmudic Judaism do not worship the same God. Because if you do not have the Son, you do not have the Father. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Father. He's the only intercessor. And you can only get to the Father through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the Father, you don't have God, you don't have the Holy Spirit either. So that's just a basic Christian teaching. And, you know, this is where the divergence between Christianity and Talmudic Judaism really take hold. They, they split. So pornography... <laughs> When I'm asked this question, you, just to you, put you on the spot, you the did way. indeed. Uh, okay, so my my answer when it's raised on my radio show, I have a male female hour, and I'm very open about sexual subjects. I always ask if a wife calls me and says my husband looks at pornography. I I, I found on his computer. I have one question: How is your in life of intimacy with your husband? Is it good? In other words, is the pornography in lieu of you or in addition to you? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know this is not a religious answer, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not even giving a religious answer. I'm giving mm -hmm. what I think is a moral and realistic answer. Men want variety. And uh, if adultery is a substitute for, if pornography is a substitute for one's wife, it's awful. If it's a substitute for adultery, it's not awful. That's, that is my unpredictable mm -hmm. answer. So I want to pause right here. Uh, as you can see, uh, this is not a good answer because think about the definition of a substitute. You know, you think about uh, the concept of a substitute teacher or a backup quarterback. You know, they're subbing into the game. And that means in order for the substitute to happen, you know, you got to get pulled out of the, the starter had to get pulled out of the game. Uh, for a substitution. And that concept exists with pornography, regardless of whether this is auxiliary or a substitution. So he's trying to make it seem like uh, pornography can be an auxiliary uh, sexual release for someone or a substitutionary one, but it's always going to be a substitutionary one. You're not going to be, you know, just to use a pop culture reference you know, the idea of like, you know, Carmela Soprano and the Sopranos just being completely accepting of, you know, her husband's rampant adultery, even calling it masturbatory at one point. You know, that's not a biblical concept. That's not a biblical uh, response to a husband seeking out other sexual, uh, you know, uh, beings and objects, so to speak. That's not you know, it's obviously not biblical, but I don't even think it's, you know, proper a proper reading of the Old Testament because, you know, I do believe that the Old Testament teaches that God judges our hearts. I think that's very clear. And obviously, if we want to look at the Ten Commandments, uh, committing adultery and lusting after your neighbor's wife and stuff, these are very clear teachings that sin begins in the heart is not just behavioral. And that's part of the wickedness of Dennis Prager's understanding of uh, the Old Testament, really.
There is a clinical rule of thumb that's akin to that, I would say. If you're trying to decide clinically whether someone's partaking in a habit, say use of alcohol, has reached the threshold of clinical significance, one of the things you do is ask the, the person you're assessing, you know, is it interfering with your employment? Has it got you in trouble with the law? Is your family complaining? Does it stop you from doing other things that you should be doing? And so the judgment isn't the use of the forbidden substance itself. It's, it is in some sense consequentialist. And I'm not saying that that's an absolute, but it is a, it is a hallmark of clinical judgment. But Dennis, you're making, I think, too big. So here's Jordan Peterson coming along, trying to sound smart, but he really doesn't. He's trying to treat pornography as a clinical issue because he's a psychiatrist and, you know, he's wearing a Harvey Dent Two-Face coat jacket which is, you know, this guy cares about his fashion a little too much for a guy. But the Harvey Dent outfit, you know, it, it's, again, pretty indicative. You know, not only is, does he only, does he have 6.6 million, 6.66 million subs on YouTube, but he's wearing the Harvey Dent two-faced jacket, uh, so to speak. Because, you know, that's, again, he's two-facing this. So he's trying to play multiple sides here. Bigger gap between, you know, behavior and where it comes from. And surely the 10th commandment is exactly that. You could expound everything Jesus said from thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or another woman you're not whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, the whole point of coveting, it begins in the heart. And I, I understand your Hebrew word for covet it's a desire doesn't stop halfway. Right, to take. It takes action. It's to take. Yeah. It's not, there's no ban in the 613 laws of the Torah on lusting. It do, I don't even know there's a tava is the closest you can get to lust in Hebrew. But okay. The, yeah. Okay, so let me ask so you about the, that. The, so. the, the covet is critical. I can say, I can be attracted to my neighbor's wife. I can't want her. There's, there, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a difference mm-hmm. because it both, but what mm-hmm. about a single woman? I asked one of the great Protestant thinkers of our generation in a public debate in Phoenix. I asked them, so can a single Christian male look upon a single woman with lust? He can't be committing adultery. He's not married and she's not married. So is the real ban lust or is the ban on adultery? Yeah. I mean, at least for me, when I hear all of this from my own Orthodox perspective, it's bewildering because at I least assume he's th- from Eastern the tradition Orthodox. in which I am, it's not a morality question. It, I, even the word morality, it bothers me. The, at least in, in the Christian tradition that I participate in, the call is to be transformed. The call is to be free. That's the call. Christ is calling us to be free. And so... The idea of like, can you lust or can't you lust or can you do this or not this? The answer is, they are, we have desires in us and these desires tend to enslave us. They tend to pull us into themselves. And these laws are exterior ways for you to understand how it is that you can now be free from these desires. None of the desires are wrong. Like sexual desire isn't wrong. Desire to eat isn't wrong. None of these things are wrong. The problem is when they capture you mm-hmm. the subordination right and so it's them. not about it's not about like trying to figure out if i'm sinning or not sinning like when if i go to confession i i ask forgiveness for all the sins i've done voluntary and involuntary it's like i'm sinning all the time if you if you want to know like every 
Every, you know, all day long I'm sinning. But the that's idea, why you're so much fun. That's, that's so much fun. <laughs> but the idea is rather, yes, is rather that, you know, to, to attend to my desires in the sense so that I'm not captured by them, so mm-hmm. that I don't become obsessed, so that I don't mm-hmm. fall into that. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, the question of, like, legally trying to figure out, like, where I'm sinning and where I'm not, it's just like a, whew, it, 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 it pulls me into a world it, that it, I... So if a man... So this guy's just babbling on and on and on about whether, uh, about trying to be the master of his domain because he's too, let's just say, effeminate or cowardly to address the issue of morality, and he's a Christian on this panel panel for some reason. Like, who are these clowns that uh, Jordan Peterson's bringing on to explore the book of Exodus? Is anyone actually, like, orthodox lowercase o on the issue of christianity because that guy didn't sound very orthodox he's just talking about oh the purpose of the law is to help us be the master of our domain and that's not the purpose of the law and here's the thing about the 613 old testament laws they are not exhaustive so there are some clearly understood things at, in that culture that were wrong that are not necessarily in the law. There are also some you know, major gray areas in the law. And you, know, you think about manslaughter and how it's expected that if someone commits manslaughter, they're to go to one of the refugee cities to plead their case. And it's also expected that you know, the relatives of the deceased would come after them for them. It does not say whether they would be guilty if they were to succeed before he got to the refugee city, because it's expected that he flee to the refugee city to plead his case. There's, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's not exhaustive. And as a Christian, we have to realize that the old Testament law isn't exhaustive. That's why, you know, the, you know, Jeremiah says that the law will be written in our hearts. And James talks about the law of, or the sin of omission, which is, you know, not doing the right thing when you know to do the right thing. So there's elements that the law is not exhaustive in the Old Testament. But, and that's what Jesus is getting at in the Sermon on the Mount. But we see in the Old Testament that the law, that the law, uh, applies to what's in your heart. Coveting is in the heart. Coveting is not in the action. And that's, you know, part of the discussion here. And, you know, that's what Dennis Prager is definitely in denial of. Uh, He wants to redefine what a wife is. Uh, But what if it's someone's daughter, so to speak? Is that, and, you know, that's not your wife or, you know, it's someone else's daughter that you're coveting. So I, I think, Again, because the Old Testament law is not exhaustive, I, I think we could just transfer wife to daughter and the lust thing would still apply. Has And I know this case. I know a man who was saintly in taking care of his Alzheimer's wife who got Alzheimer's at the young age of 50 and, and watched over her and bathed her uh, for, for a, a, a decade. And then... So I would just ask, you asked me about pornography. So this man was faithful to a wife with whom he could not have relations, obviously, for a decade or more. I, it may have, I think it went to 15 years. Would he have been wrong in relieving his sexual tension uh, uh, w- with, a, with a photograph? See, uh, I'm, as- I'm wondering if it's this, Dennis, maybe. And this is something that I had talked 
How much of a boomer is Dennis Prager that he talks about pornography in terms of a photograph? Like you have some sort of Polaroid in front of you. That's not what it is anymore. It's endless tabs. It's only fans uh, and e-thoughts online and, you know, HD videos and stuff. It's not, you know, the nudie mags and stuff like that that you get at the store anymore. So the way he talks about this issue is, you know, very outdated. It's not what it is anymore. When you're talking about things like OnlyFans, you're talking about something that's become highly personalized and a lot more emotionally manipulative than the Playboy magazines of the 1970s. It's a lot more emotionally manipulative. You got people devoted to hoes called simps. You got people that will pay simps, or sorry, you got simps that will pay hoes on this issue. Like they are emotionally and monetarily invested in this, in these uh, activities. They're emotionally and monetarily invested in the relationship between simp and hoe. And he wants to act like there's nothing else there. Two people in my clinical practice about, so imagine there's the, the, and I guess we're into thou shalt not commit adultery, by the way, which is the next uh, commandment. You can imagine um, an erotic image that compels sexual desire. And, and I think that's part of what we're discussing, the morality of that, or it's, it's potential to be an implement to the instantiation of an ideal. You can imagine a situation where your desire is to, um, to sleep with your neighbor's wife. You're not acting on it. But the reason you're not acting on it is because she doesn't want to sleep with you. Now, it still seems to me that given that your desire is to undertake the act and the only reason that you're not ma able to manage it has nothing to do with your moral stance. It has to do with the impossibility of the action. Now, given... It's, I don't know how you would deal with that because oh, you he, he, that, that's a violation of do not covet. He's coveting okay. his neighbor's wife. Is as clear as a bell. Okay. Okay. So, he would, so it, we here's a point worth making. There's a great gulf between the Ten Commandments and the Christian faith in this way. First of all, by the way, the, the Ten Commandments are painfully obvious, aren't they? Doesn't everybody know that before the tablets? Uh, but uh, I, I had a great teacher. Most of my great teachers were Jews. Dennis will say maybe that's why I know. So is this another liberal theologian that Jordan Peterson brought on? I'm just wondering. There's a great gulf between Christianity and the Ten Commandments. Is how he opened up with this. Thanks, but uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. But there's a great man. He's dead now. His name was Harry Newman, and he styled himself a, a nihilist. And we would argue with him about that all the time. And he was a very, very learned man and a great teacher. And so sometimes when he would put the point that he's a nihilist, he would say, I'm a non-practicing Orthodox Jew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that emphasizes the point that it is a set of practices more than a set of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Whereas Christianity mm -hmm. is more a set of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Well, these four... Our beliefs, I mean behaviors, are they? And they're pretty mm -hmm. well universal. Yeah. Almost all societies would agree with these four, mm -hmm. but thou shalt not covet is innovative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm intrigued, you have Rene Girard, as you know, 
everything based on mimesis. In other words, we desire what other people desire. And I read Girard, the whole of American consumerism is based on mimesis, is it not? We are taught to desire what other people desire, want to wear what you wear, or... Mm -hmm. Well, it's a good way. It is a good way of figuring out what's of value. I mean, because that is an open question. There's many things you could value, and one way of becoming informed about that is to see what everyone else values. And so, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to strip the morality out of that to some degree. I mean, that can become that can become weaponized, and it can become pathological. So, to, to go back to Larry's friend, I mean, you know, or Larry's teacher, you've got to. There's got to be, even if you're committing yourself to certain exterior practices or habits or behaviors on the basis of, say, commands. There's got to be some prior belief, prior commitment in to the authority of the, the person or the, the, the source of these commands. So there's mm -hmm. got to be well, some this, kind of... Well, one question, question that emerged... Well, you've got to believe that they're... in society they wouldn't agree with those four. No, but, well, let's say it doesn't ma matter where the source of authority might come from. It might be the inner one's, one's conscience, that the nihilist is still going to accept that there is some degree... The nihilist who conforms to these behaviours is going to say... is going to be acting on, on something, uh, well, not, I, not nothing. Well, I, I, I'd like to challenge Larry, uh, Larry's supposition, just for the sake of, of discussion. This is almost the end, by the way. Are these self-evident? And I would say... They're not exactly self-evident to psychopaths, right? So the self-evidence argument's a really interesting one because you could add the, psycho the psychopathy twist to all of these. It would be, well, thou shalt not kill unless you can get away with it, and it works in your favor. The same with adultery, the same with stealing. And the question there would be something like, well, why shouldn't I do this if I can get away with it? Like, was that part at the end about psychopathy, you know, relevant or germane to the discussion? Probably not. Probably not. But we get a good picture of, you know, Dennis Prager. And to me, I think he's a coomer trying to justify his behavior by trying to say that lust and pornography are not behaviors. And therefore is okay in the Jewish sense. And Jordan Peterson had a lot of people who, you know, no one really presented themselves as a believer on this issue. And I'm just going to be pretty honest about that. And, you know, you, you'd think, no, you wouldn't think. I, I, I'm, I'm messing around. You would not think that the Daily Wire would bring on a Christian perspective uh, to study uh, Gen Genesis and Exodus or whatever. Uh, but there we are. Uh, that I didn't see a Christian perspective on that panel of what six people, and no one really wanted to really go to town on the what the Bible says on this issue. I, I don't get it. Uh, Dennis Prager's argument was weak from an Old Testament standpoint, and his understanding of pornography is also pretty outdated, and uh, he. I don't know, he, all this tech stuff that he's into, and he's just such a boomer on this issue. And how he wants to parse words about what desire is, you know, I think, you know, Jesus got it right. And I don't think Jesus contradicts the Old Testament. 
And I also think the Old Testament's not exhaustive. So a lot of what this video boils down to is that Jews do not believe that, uh, you know, they, they believe that their religion is behaviors, but then they don't, you know, really follow those behaviors in real life. Uh, let's just be quite honest about that. So towards the end, they're getting to a discussion. Well, these beliefs are rooted in some sort of, or these behaviors are rooted in some sort of belief in some sort of authority. So what is that authority? And that's a good question. What is the authority? Is it tradition? Is it uh, text and scriptures? Is it, you know, a belief in a God? I don't know the answer to that. But then you look into the fact of, you know, who's behind a lot of the big time pornography websites and, you know, who are some of the big players in the porn industry? And, you know, there's some, uh, you know, some answers there. So a lot of stuff in this video, but what there wasn't was a real clear biblical perspective presented, you know, in Jordan Peterson's panel to answer this issue about lust or concupiscence, which is a fancier word, uh, which Jesus so clearly articulates in the New Testament, how no one could really, you know, combine that to the Old Testament. Because again, I think, you know, coveting is pretty clear. I think the law uh, is written on our hearts, which is a New Testament prom or a New Covenant promise. And then the idea that Jesus judges our hearts is taught all through the Old Testament. I think it's pretty clear in the Old Testament that salvation is not works-based. That is a very clear teaching in the Old Testament that works do not save. Behavior does not save. That is a crystal clear teaching in the Old Testament if you've read it. Uh, so that's really all I got to say about that in today's video. Don't forget to like the video. Also subscribe to the channel if you're new. Have a blessed day and I will catch you on the next one.